Good day. This is Tabitha. Welcome to another edition of Light Wellness, the first show of the new year, 2023. Today, Tuesday, January 3rd, broadcasting out of New York for Light Wellness Radio. Welcome, everybody. And today's topic, uh, as well as today's title, is the Ancestral Con. We're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about the modern diets and something that they all have in common regardless of whether they veer more towards plant-based or veer more towards animal-based or fall somewhere in between, the majority of the popular diets have one thing in common. 
So it makes it so easy for the controllers to control by promoting essentially a variation of the same thing. But first, before we start talking about all that groovy stuff, it's gonna be a very eye-opening broadcast, by the way. Lots of information to cover. I think it's gonna be uh, very much of a worthwhile listen. But first, the word of the week. That word is woke, a word that we hear many a times nowadays in the current lexicon. People, of course, using it in, I would say, a very ebonical way. I personally don't utilize this word. I don't care for it. I don't really like a lot of the common words that are being utilized today. I encourage everyone to make up their old language or own language or look to old language to kind of get a, a, a flair for one speech. But anyway, the word woke, here is the origin of it. It comes from the Old English recorded only in the past tense as woke, that's W-O-K, also partly from the weak verb wasian, W-A-C-I-A-N, to remain awake and to hold a vigil of Germanic origin, related to the Dutch waken, W-A-K-E-N, and German watchen, W-A-C-H-E-N, compared with watch, like watching somebody as opposed to a, you know, actual watch on one's wrist. I think it's kind of ironic that People who refer to themselves as, quote, woke are actually the most or the least awake people that you could possibly know. So I think it's kind of funny how that word has been spun, you know, by the controllers, by the skexis, by the oye, to mean someone who's aware when anyone who'd refer to themselves in that ebonical way anyway, I would say run from that person for not using proper grammar. But um, it actually doesn't mean what it says it means. Those people are completely asleep at the wheel. It's like someone who believes in all the psyops referring to themselves as, as woke. I think it's kind of, I thought it was kind of funny the way that all works together. It's uh, another layer of ridiculousness in this society, right? So that's the word of the week, woke. And remember, it means to be awake. It doesn't mean to fall for all the snares out there that Big Z puts out, the constant die versions. Nonstop, 24-7, they live, we sleep. I hope everyone had a groovy Yule slash Christmas slash New Year's uh, Eve day, whatever you decided to do. Mine was pretty good. Did some cooking, uh, spent some good time with people, had good conversations, ate good food, got some nice gifts, and overall it was a really nice time. It was super cold on the eve of Christmas, like super, super cold, but then I decided to get a wee bit warmer, which was fine. And I don't necessarily mind the cold too much, but sometimes it's just not nice to go out in the evening when it's like intensely cold. So yeah, we have a fresh year now. Well, depending on this calendar, who really knows if this is our real calendar or not, I don't think it is, but nevertheless, there's something fresh about the energy of January in general. I always associate the color blue, the feeling of like ice and snow and just quietness and solitude with January. It's kind of like a, a fresh leaf start, if you will. I guess for some people it is, some people it's it's not, but I just always like the, the quiet, calm energy. It's nice that there is no one using the, uh, the landscaping um, noises. That is so annoying. That's probably one of the most annoying things about living in suburbia are the neighbors who need a mestizo to come to their property multiple times per week to blow leaves around. I, um, I just don't get it personally. But I guess there's so many men these days that either have no time, no desire, or um, aren't physically fit enough to rake leaves, so they have to pay someone from a different country to blow the leaves all over the place. It's a, it's a bit of a mind zoggler. But anyway, enough about that. 
let's get to the meat of the broadcast. So the ancestral con. Many a diets, uh, regimes, food programs these days refer to themselves as ancestral, traditional. These words have kind of could mean anything, right? Maybe you think of the Weston A. Price style diet. Maybe you think of a paleo, primal diet. It could it could really mean anything. I think these words have been over overused and they really don't mean much of anything anymore, but they still kind of hook us. I think especially our race, I think it hooks us especially because a lot of us who are conscious are interested in making a return back to the old ways, to the traditions, you know, to the ancestral ways. So when we see this word, we think, oh, that's how my ancestors were doing it. I should pursue this. My ancestors were probably eating like this. They were thinking like this. And we have to remember that essentially all the information out there, unless it's very, you know, small and off the radar, kind of like this broadcast, majority of the stuff out there is being controlled. It's just the way it is. Um, and now I'm taking a closer and more scrutinizing look at who is controlled in the uh, nutrition arena. Of course, we could obviously discern that maybe someone on YouTube who's promoting like a junk food vegan diet, who's saying, get your vaccinations. That's probably either someone who's just an absolute tomfool or someone who's controlled and, you know, essentially working for Big Z. But I think it goes a lot deeper than that. And I've been doing a, a slew of research to prepare for this show for like the last uh, about 12 days or so. Found a lot of very interesting information and it made me reassess what I was doing in my personal life with my diet and what I had been recommending to clients and friends and, and family and all of that. And now I'm seeing why we see so many people who are doing these regimes and they don't seem to be getting better. If anything, a lot of times these people are getting worse from following these regimes. And you ask yourself, how is that possible, right? But it is possible and it is happening. And it's very sad to see, but there's some um, hope at the end of, uh, I guess, what, should it be a rainbow? That's another part of the show we're gonna be talking about more of the usurping of the room. There's hope at the end of the tunnel, let's put it that way, especially if you've one of those people where you've literally tried everything under the sun and you're still wondering why you can't seem to quell some of the health issues that you had, or maybe you've developed more health issues since you've been trying this regime. So what are some of the diets these days? I'm mostly gonna focus on what's popular, like the popular diets these days, where we could really go through it with a fine tooth comb and go through every single diet from a hundred years ago, but that would just take too much time and it really wouldn't, um, really wouldn't drive the point home for what I'm trying to illustrate or trying to share in this broadcast, The Ancestral Con. So here's a list of some basic popular diets of let's say the last, let's say the last decade. So we have the whole foods plant-based diet, which is a form of veganism, which focuses on only eating whole plant foods as opposed to more of the junk food vegans. So kind of like a natural foods vegan diet, let's put it that way. Then we have the whole trend of the bugs, right? The bugs plus veganism. We see kind of this more aligned with some of the tranny meat, the bug type of stuff, but there's a reason why they're promoting bugs. We also see things like fruvigory or um, fruititarianism, which is a very extreme form of vegetarianism. We also see things like raw veganism, uh, the whole juicing trend, right? We see things like a ketotic diet, which could be a meat diet, or it could be the vegan keto diet, which I think is probably one of the worst 
ways someone could possibly eat would be to do a vegan ketotic regime. We also have the carnivore diet, which could be many iterations. We have the nose to tail variety, which usually includes um, ofal or organ meat. And sometimes it'll include other animal foods like eggs and dairy and um, honey and things like that. Then we have people who only do the muscle meat carnivory. And then we have the repeat diet, which is kind of under the header of the ancestral diets, but it's not necessarily very ancestral because it calls for kind of more modern foods like white sugar and coffee and things of that nature. Then we have the WAP diet, uh, Weston A. Price Foundation, the Weston A. Price diet. Something to consider here, the diet that Dr. Weston A. Price basically promoted or saw when he was studying all those tribes. Remember, he was studying everyone, Negroids, Mongoloids, Aryans, and of course the diet differed between race, between region, just like it would for, for anybody. So the diet that he saw in people is very different than the diet that the Weston A. Price Foundation promotes, which is uh, important to understand. We also have the raw primal diet uh, associated with Agenis vanderplanets, which is a animal-based uh, regime of raw animal foods, but also includes raw plant foods, specifically juice. Then we have the paleo diet, which pretends to be ancestral and calls for a heap of eating nuts, using all these nut flours and using all these fake sugars that end with OL, like malitol and erythritol. There's nothing ancestral about that. And then we have the quote, healthy diets, or shall I say, triple parentheses, healthy diets, the ones that tell you to eat more sweet potatoes, more kale, more tomatoes, more squash, more salmon, etc. right? So what do all of these programs have in common? They're very different. Some of them call for only raw food. Some of them call for mostly cooked food. Some of them call for mostly meat. Some of them call for mostly vegetables. Some of them do a balance of each. So there's one thing that all of these regimes have in common. That is vitamin A. And maybe that word vitamin A should be in triple parentheses because throughout this broadcast, your, uh, your perception of what, quote, vitamin A is, is probably going to change. At least I hope. I mean, everyone's free to feel how they want about the information on the broadcast, of course. But from the research I've been doing, it appears that vitamin A is not a vitamin at all. It's actually a plant toxin or chemical that is in plants, specifically brightly colored plants, and by plants I mean fruits as well as vegetables, and it's in certain animal foods because it gets in the animal from eating those plants, right? So it's in certain animal foods like let's say milk, which is a fluid of the animal, uh, eggs, it's in um, ofal or organ meat, it's in certain uh, types of seafood that are usually more on the pink side, like shrimp and crab and lobster and uh, salmon and things of that nature. It's not in muscle meat, interestingly. I mean, there is a very, very small amount, but not a lot. And just to make things clear, it's impossible to eat in a way that completely removes vitamin A from your diet, just like it's impossible to eat a regime that's completely free of polyunsaturated fats, completely free of iron. So off the bat, no one should be obsessing about the idea of, you know, not being able to completely avoid. That's madness, right? And oftentimes in the modern nutrition scope, we have people who are just feeling neurotic 
and a lot of the information is fear-based. And I don't want it ever to feel like that on the broadcast. I want it to be informative. I want it to be something that's easy to listen to and something that you can actually take and apply at home and make real changes. So vitamin A is not a vitamin. You've probably not heard this before. Maybe you have. Maybe you've heard of vitamin A toxicity before. Maybe you've heard about it in the context of people eating seal liver. Maybe you've heard about it in the context of people taking too many vitamin A supplements. Maybe you've heard about it in the context of people who did Accutane, who took Accutane, or what they call, I believe in Europe, Roe Accutane, which I believe was pulled from the market because of all the deleterious side effects. I believe in Canada, if a woman is going to get a prescription for Accutane, she's legally um, bound to actually be on some form of birth control because if someone gets pregnant while they're taking Accutane, it can cause serious birth defects. So why, you might ask yourself, are they promoting this chemical, this toxin, as a necessary vitamin, as a fat-soluble vitamin, right? And like I said, you eat a whole foods, plant-based diet where you're eating the rainbow, your diet's going to be loaded with it. You're doing fruvigory where you're eating a lot of tropical fruits, your diet's going to be loaded with it. You're doing raw veganism and juicing, loaded. Ketotic diet, loaded. Carnivory for doing nose to tail, loaded. Muscle meat, no. And I'm not advocating a muscle meat carnivore diet. I think that's a really extreme way of eating. Just so everyone knows, Weston A. Price diet, loaded with it. Especially when you take into account things like cod liver oil, especially fermented cod liver oil. And there are many deaths associated with the utilization of fermented cod liver oil which is very high in vitamin A. And when you look to find a lot of the deaths associated with it, the pages are 404 So something is being covered up. The raw primal diet is also very high in vitamin A because you have the organ meats, you have a lot of the animal foods, you have all the juicing. Paleo diet is super high. It's all high in those really healthy foods, all those colorful foods we were told were so, so healthy. Things like... Uh, to load something, liver, peppers, sweet, I'm talking about bell peppers right now, sweet potatoes, salmon, garlic, uh, tomatoes, parsley, kale, right? All this rainbow food. And isn't it interesting that oftentimes youngsters don't like a lot of these foods and then you'll hear some adults actually say they don't like those foods and they prefer things like a potato. Well, we've all been told like potatoes are awful for us and we have to eat the sweet ones instead. And the diet that I would say, from my experience and research, is the highest in vitamin A would be the repeat diet, which is the last regime that I was engaged in doing, I guess, until maybe just about two weeks ago, to be quite honest. I had been kind of moving away from it for the last, I don't know, six months or so, doing more of like a TCM macrobiotic approach to it, because I just can't eat a lot of those Western foods. Like, I can't drink orange juice and just... I just don't eat like that. I, I can't and I'm not willing to. So I was already moving away from it. I'm really not like a juice person anyway. It's just not really my thing. So I was already kind of moving away from it, but I was noticing that I was feeling kind of not so good. I was dealing with like a little bit of nausea. I'm thinking like, what the hell is this? Like I, I eat really well. I take care of myself in all these ways. And I'm thinking, why am I feeling nauseous? So I did a little bit of research and I came to the conclusion that these high vitamin A foods on the repeat diet, and gosh, it's it's a lot. It is, the whole diet is basically just 
vitamin A. Um, liver, daily carrot salads, drinking a heap of milk. Like some people are drinking like a gallon of milk per week, which is it's not a week, a day. Some people are drinking a gallon of milk per day. Um, taking in heaps of calcium from like ground up eggshells, which can exacerbate problems with, quote, vitamin A. Some of them are actually taking additional vitamin A on top of this in a supplemental form. So if anyone's familiar with the skincare ingredient Retin-A, it's typically something that's marketed to ladies for anti-aging. They tell you when you're pregnant not to take it because it can affect your liver and of course affect your baby. But what happens when you take Retin-A on your skin is that it actually peels off. It's a chemical exfoliant of some sort where it actually peels off the top layer of skin and yes, someone will say their skin actually looks better because they're getting rid of, you know, wrinkles. There's there's many ways to like not look old and not have wrinkles. You don't have to slather a toxin on your skin to accomplish that. But it's interesting to understand that the Retin-A on the skin peels it off when you put it on topically. So when you're eating these foods, like let's say eating a carrot every day, you're actually peeling off the inside of your digestive tract, which is... Um, contributing to the, the thing of leaky gut, what's known as intestinal permeability. So why would these foods be so healthy? You have to ask yourself that. And keep in mind that when we're talking about vitamin A, whether it's in cod liver oil, whether it's beta carotene in colorful vegetation, whether it's the retinol, which is in animal foods like liver, whether it's uh, from supplements, Accutane, Retin-A, there's also vitamin A in vaccinations, by the way, be aware of that. In the body, it all breaks down the same because typically the Zao Sludge literature will tell you, oh, it's only a problem if you've taken Accutane or if you've taken vitamin A supplements. And I don't fall into that category. I've never taken supplemental vitamin A with the um, exception of maybe taking like a multivitamin, but I never took like synthetic vitamin A and I never took Accutane. People who have taken Accutane those are the people who typically become the most toxic and take the longest amount of time to get it out of their body. So it's all the same at the end of the day, regardless of how it's coming into the system, it's just a lot easier to get toxic on it if you've taken something like the supplementation or taking something like Accutane. So I know this is a lot of information that we've probably never heard before and wondering like, hmm, how could this be? Why are they always promoting it as um, it's this thing that we have to have, right? Well, that's because there's a deep population agenda going on. It's been going on for quite some time. It's in um, the revved up mode right now. I think that's pretty obvious in Soyad AI, right? I mean, we can see that. And even if people aren't necessarily keeling over and, and dying, this is a slow thing, this vitamin A thing. It isn't like you wake up one day, you eat a carrot, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. No, this is a slow, slow thing over time. So you won't necessarily notice it. it. It's very reminiscent of well poisoning, right? This is kind of like the modern, the modern way to well poison. And of course, we know who is behind well poisoning. We know very well who is behind well poisoning. So this vitamin A thing works the same way. And you might ask yourself, well, these are ancestral foods. You know, we've we we the white race have been eating these foods for a long time. So of all the other races in the world, and yeah, that's true but we never had this much access to everything all at once. Do you think our ancestors were eating liver every day or once a week? No, it was probably pretty rare. Maybe only some people actually in the tribe got to eat it. 
And back in the day, there weren't all these colorful vegetables. If anyone remembers going to the food store about, I want to say it's about two decades ago, probably even more at this point. That's when I remember seeing a lot of these very colorful foods starting to crop up. The whole idea of eating the rainbow, the whole idea of superfoods, the idea that some exotic fruit from Bali was better than an apple. Turns out that was a hollow hoax because some of the best things you can eat to actually get away from vitamin A is an apple, which is a low vitamin A fruit, especially if you peel it, bananas and green grapes or other options. All these fruits were told, oh gosh, those are so boring. Why would you just want to eat an apple or a banana when you can have this exotic thing that comes from some country that we've never been to before? Like that's, that's what you want to be eating, right? So as we can see, it's layer upon layer of um, hoaxing, of confusion, and now we're having like a major fallout from it. All this information is still very much on the underground. And a lot of people, especially people in the metabolic, you know, bioenergetic Ray Peak community, who are like the biggest vitamin A pushers, they think all of this is, is quackery and pseudoscience. I'm seriously wondering how many of those people are actually intel and how many of them are just fools. It could be a mix, of course, like everything, but there's people already who have become ill from doing these regimes, you know, the Weston A. Price regime, Weston A. Price regime, the repeat regime, raw primal, carnivory, people have gotten ill from these regimes because they ate too many of these foods. So we can never be 100% not eating foods that have, quote, vitamin A in them. If we didn't have any, we just would become breatharian, and that's not an option. I think that's not even like a real thing to the, in the first place. But we can find ways to eat that lessen our exposure to these foods, especially if we've done any of this in the past. So you have to ask yourself, have you ever eaten a lot of organs or taken a lot of organ pills? Have you ever eaten an excess of dairy, especially grass-fed dairy? Oh, grass-fed dairy is not good? Wait, we were told it was good. Well, what's in grass? Grass is green. Grass contains beta carotene. So all that really yellow cow milk, the stuff that the Weston A. Price Foundation always tells us is brimming with vitamin K, that was a lie. It's brimming with vitamin A, which is a toxin. So we really have to rethink everything. So if we go the grass-fed route, we get high vitamin A, right? If we go the corn-fed route, we know what's in corn. Corn's loaded with glyphosate, which inhibits vitamin A um, detoxification. It's also yellow corn, so it's loaded with beta carotene. Does this mean you shouldn't eat any um, animal foods whatsoever? No, I'm not saying that. And of course, you know, eating eating meat is a good thing. I'm not, it's not an anti-meat thing or anything like that, but we have to wonder all of a sudden the idea of, oh gosh, it's grass-fed. It's got to be so much better for you. And the Weston A. Price Foundation is one of the biggest foundations or one of the biggest um, you know, organizations out there that's promoting the idea of vitamin A as a healthy thing, promoting it for, for conception, for fertility, for pregnancy. I'm convinced that that group or organization is actually uh, a depopulation organization, to be quite honest with you. They have ties to the Rockefeller Center, our Rockefeller you know, family, which actually about over 100 years ago were the ones that began looking into vitamin research, looking into the idea of vitamin theory, vitamin A, vitamin D, etc. It was that family. Of course, we know we know that they're um, oives, that uh, they promote allopathy, that they created allopathy. So I think from the research that I've done, 
is that the Weston A. Price Foundation is a way to snare, uh, it's a thinker's psyop, let's put it that way. It's a way to snare people, specifically our race, because most people, I believe, from what I can understand and see, most people who are in that organization are people who are of our race. It's a way to snare people who care about their health by poisoning them with things like vitamin A. So their mission is to sicken trustful people who are watching out for alternative healthy diets instead of the useless pharma products and you know, all the mainstream, lamestream dietary stuff that we hear. So it's a thinker's psyop. It gets people to, you know, basically overdose their youngsters with cod liver oil. It gets them to, you know, eat the rainbow. It gets them to eat all this OFAL. And it's a depopulation um, group. That's what I think. Um, do I think Sally Fallon is in on it? She's either an absolute Tom fool or she's in on it. And I also don't like that they have a tie with the Children's Health Defense which pretends to care about kids and pretends to care about vaccinations. All they do is basically, they're a limited hangout, essentially, at the end of the day. Uh, RFK, uh, Robert Kennedy, he's associated with it. He's obviously controlled opposition. I think that Dell Bigtree person is obviously controlled opposition. The Weston A. Price has partnered with that organization. Uh, Weston A. Price Foundation has an allegiance with... Um, Andrew Kaufman, that guy who was promoting the whole terrain thing, that guy is an oive. Now he's promoting these supplements that will actually make people sicker while they think they're detoxing off of the heavy metals from the vaccination. And the organization promotes the use of vitamin A, not through supplemental form synthetic. They're doing it through the cod liver oil and they're doing it through the other foods that they promote. And there's also a lot of people who are involved with the Weston A. Price Foundation who have died young. I'm talking like under 40, under 50. Ramiel Nagel is one of those people. He wrote some interesting books on, on dental health and child rearing. And he was a large user of cod liver oil, especially the fermented type, which is basically just rotted. When you hear the word fermented, think rotten because that's what it is. Just remember, just because something is traditional doesn't mean that it's necessarily healthy for us, right? Like I even have this theory with fermented food. I think about it from like the caste system perspective in India. And I think that the people who are on the lower echelon of the caste system got the fermented food and the people at the top got the milk and the meat and the ghee. That's just my theory. I don't have any research to back it up, but that's just what it is. So Rami Nagel is just one of many. There's a fellow called Dr. Ron uh, he also passed away from this. Uh, all these people ended up getting cancer. Oh, and this is really interesting too. The chemotherapy, quote, treatment that they give to people in the Zogspital is a mixture of uh, vitamin A and arsenic. So yeah, it kills cancer cells, right? But it actually gives you fatty liver. And that's also what's implicated in excess of vitamin A is, is fatty liver, which we're seeing an epidemic of nowadays with people, even younger people. I mean, I, I look around sometimes and I see people who are substantially younger than myself who are already in really, really broken down shape. And this is one of the reasons why it's implicated in obesity too, uh, vitamin A toxicity. So there's a lot of, lot of information uh, with this. It's kind of like head spinning. When I first found all this out, um, it was actually December 22nd. I had heard of this theory before. I'll, I'll share this too. I had heard of this theory before. I should mention the man who's the forerunner, the uh, world's expert in vitamin A toxicity is a man called Dr. Garrett Smith. 
He's a naturopathic doctor in Arizona. He's working with people all over the world, and he's the leading expert in vitamin A toxicity. So I had heard about him about a year ago through a metabolic community that I'm a, I'm a part of, and they were saying, oh, this guy's, you know, he's crazy. He's a quack. You know, don't listen to anything that he has to say. Like, it's totally crazy. That was a hoax. But at the time, I believed it because we've always heard that vitamin A is a vitamin. And, of course, when you call something a vitamin, your your brain thinks okay, it's, it's a vitamin, not it's a toxin, right? So then I revisited it again after hearing about it somewhere else. And I was like, huh, I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. And I started listening to his videos and I was like, oh my God, this is the biggest nutrition discovery in the last 100 years. Like if it was found out that Big Z is promoting supplements, green powders, superfoods, and all of these dietary regimes just to make people vitamin A toxic, like, obviously, it's intentional harm. And then we had to think about a character like Bill Gibbs or Bill Gates, who is a massive, you know, vaccine pusher. He's an absolute dysgenicist. We know that. Vitamin A is in vaccinations. It's also in that golden rice that he's been trying to feed the third world with. It's a rice product that has synthetic vitamin A added to it. Naturally, rice has is a low vitamin A food. He also has been trying to make this uh, banana that actually has vitamin A added to it. Bananas are another food that are low in vitamin A, naturally. And uh, he and I think the World Economic Forum, they have something else exceedingly nasty up their sleeve. They are in the works. I don't know if they're doing it yet. They're talking about adding microparticles to our food to prevent vitamin A deficiency. And of course, we know there's really no such thing as that. And people in parts of the world who supposedly have the vitamin A deficiency, when they give them vitamin A, they feel this kind of um, paradoxical um, paradoxical effect where since they're so low on other nutrients, they're so low in protein, they're so low in zinc, they're so low in taurine, they're so low in magnesium that they actually get a drug-like effect and they feel a little bit better, but you can feel better from poison, right? I mean, think about it. It's like someone who gets to the point where they have to wake up every single morning and have coffee. They don't feel good when they drink it. When they don't drink it, when they do drink it, they feel better because their body's been used to that. So it's almost like, let's say someone's starving and they're not going to eat, so you give them a cup of coffee to stave off the hunger. It works in the interim, but long-term, it's a buy-now-pay-later situation. And I should also mention this, that uh, coffee in particular, talking about caffeine, yes, but coffee in particular will inhibit vitamin A detox. And what's promoted on every corner, at least here in America, there's a Starbucks on every single corner. Big Z loves to promote alcohol loves to promote caffeine, loves to promote sugar, chocolate, chemicalized cannabis. Cannabis can also inhibit vitamin A detox. So alcohol, of course, can. So uh, we can just put it all together. And chocolate is a food that has um, many heavy metals inside of it. I posted something on the White Wellness Cooking Show, not show, um, on, the, on the page last week about how there's uh, copper and, and lead and all of this and many of these popular chocolate brands like Trader Joe's and, and Theo, all these sustainable chocolate brands. I think it's more of an issue if you're eating the dark and the milk than if you're eating the um, the white chocolate because it's actually in like that. It's not in the cacao butter. It's in the, in the other part. But they promote the things that they want us to eat or take or believe in so we will be uh, damaged and be confused, right? Because people who are healthy and eugenic can't be controlled. 
So back to this adding microparticles to our food to prevent vitamin A deficiency. Um, of course, they're talking about it being critical for vision. Oh gosh, that's a hoax. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Everything they tell you that it's good for, it actually causes um, deleterious side effects. So they tell you that vitamin A is good for your vision. Vitamin A has been implicated in causing vision loss. So it's, um, it's a classic inversion, right? Classic sludge inversion. We should not be surprised. The only thing is that this was a PSYOP that it wasn't like, you know, getting a vaccine or I don't know, just not exposing yourself to, to certain styles of media or, you know, certain chemicals in, in clothing or certain chemicals to clean the house. We all have to eat, right? None of us can actually go without food. Some of us can actually eat less than others because of many factors and that's not necessarily a good thing, but nobody can go without food, right? So this is a PSYOP that got everybody because we all have to eat, right? And some of us, of course, really want to be healthy and we want to eat the right thing. We want to eat what our ancestors ate. So this was a snare. If you got got um, wrapped up in this snare like I did, just forgive yourself. It's not worth um, getting angry and saying, oh gosh, I was, I was such an asshole for eating all those foods for all these years. Best thing to do is just forgive yourself and, and to move on with, with becoming more optimized because we all got hoodwinked by this. We couldn't not. We would have had to have not been eating to not be affected by this. And that's not a reality. So, and it's crazy. Like this is a psyop for the people who, you know, don't watch TV, don't get vaccinations, you know, like don't drink soda. Like this, this was to affect, this is a thinker's psyop. Like I said, this, this is to snare the people who care about their health who care about, you know, homesteading, who care about gardening, who care about all of these things, this was the way to snare us. And they snared us, but now we know. So back to that whole idea of carrots and, and vision, you've probably heard the myth of, of carrots and vision before. I think we've all, we've all heard that myth. So there was actually a propaganda campaign uh, back in the day about um, the myth that carrots can help you see in the dark, and that's actually a hollow hoax. It was a ruse to keep German pilots confused and gave the vitamin A rich vegetable too much credit. So of course the allies would have liked to confuse um, Germans, right? And uh, cause problems for them, of course. That's, that was the nature of that, of that war. And we still have people these days who are believing the ridiculous sentiments that that whole hollow hoax and the whole war and everything like that. So there was this thing going on back in the World War II days where they were promoting that German pilots should be eating carrots to help them see in the dark. And like I just said with that prior article about microplastics and, and vitamin A and beta carotene, we know that these foods actually cause vision loss. So of course, wouldn't the allies want the Germans to have less good eyesight during wartime? Yeah, it makes pretty good sense, right? So they were promoting this idea and this, this myth lives on today. People, I believed it for a short time that people believe that, you know, carrots are good for your eyes. Um, no, it's, uh, it's not true. So here's a bit about this. During the 1940 Blitzkrieg, the Luftwaffe often struck under the cover of darkness. In order to make it more difficult for the German planes to hit targets, the British or Yiddish government issued citywide blackouts. The Royal Air Force were able to repel the German fighters in part because of the development of a new secret radar technology. The on 
board airborne interception radar, what they're calling AI, first used by the RAF in 1939, had the ability to pinpoint enemy bombers before they reached the English Channel. But to keep that under wraps, according to research pulled from the files of the Imperial War Museum, the Mass Observation Archive, and the UK National Archives, the ministry provided another reason for their success. Carrots. In 1940, the RAF night fighter ace, John Cunningham, nicknamed Cat Eyes, was the first to shoot down an enemy plane using AI. He'd later rack up an impressive total of 20 kills, 19 of which were at night. According to Now I Know writer Dan Lewis, uh, the ministry told newspapers that the reason for their success was because pilots like Cunningham ate in excess of carrots. And here's a little propaganda picture about eating carrots, leafy green or yellow vegetation for rich in vitamin A, essential for, quote, night sight. The ruse, meant to, send, meant to send German tacticians on a wild goose chase, may or may not have fooled them as planned. I have no evidence they fell for it, other than that the use of carrots to help eye health is well ingrained in the German psyche. It was believed that they had to fall for some of it, which was written. These tales, um, these apocryphal tales that the Germans started feeding their own pilots carrots as they thought there was some truth to it. Whether or not the Germans bought it or not, the British or Yiddish public generally believed that eating carrots would help them see better during the citywide blackouts. Advertisements with the slogans, carrots keep you healthy and help you see in a blackout, appeared to be everywhere. Here's some more propaganda from that. So they were promoting this idea back in those days that people should be eating. And of course, I'm talking about orange carrots. Something else that should be um, considered to be made aware of is that Carrots were not originally orange. The orange carrot has actually only existed for about 600 years. Carrots were originally white. They looked very much like parsnips, just parsnips tend to have more of a, of a heaviness at the top of it, and parsnips have a little bit of a more off-white color, if you will. So the original carrot was white. Then in the 17th century, it became purple. If you've ever had a purple carrot before, you cut it open, and the core is sometimes a little on the orange or yellow side. Then came yellow carrots after that, and then finally, orange carrots. And the carrots actually originate, the plant originates in uh, Central Asia, Middle East, like Iran, Afghanistan area. So people, our ancestors especially, if you look back, I was looking back at the medieval diet of what we would have eaten about, I don't know, thousand years ago, was pretty low in vitamin A. Um, so a lot of this is just the slow the slow onslaught, the slow kill, which is exactly what Big Z likes, is the slow kill. The slow kill is not obvious. The overnight kill is super obvious, right? So we have a lot of a lot of just crazy shit, right? Something else I think about too, how about the programming of Bugs Bunny with the carrot? How about the programming of Popeye eating the spinach? The spinach was gonna make you stronger, right? That's a hoax. Too much vitamin A will actually give people osteoporosis, I mean, it's crazy, and uh, spinach has lutein, which is a carotenoid. Carotenoids are things like beta-carotene, lutein, lycopene, which is in tomatoes. So um, with that, we're always told now, I see like bags sometimes at the store of like spinach, and it's like, contains lutein, good for your eyes. It's a hoax. It's a hollow hoax, and now it's being exposed. So we can see that we this even weaves into the whole narrative of World War II with the holohoax, another, another layer of holohoaxing, right? 
I hope the German soldiers didn't fall for it. Um, this, of course, article is, is coming from the Smithsonian Magazine, so they're never going to flat out admit that um, you know World War II wasn't what we think it was and that there was no gas chamber and that no one died from gassing and that you know, there was a wooden door and the Poles built that after the war and that you know people were ill from typhus. and That's not going to be mentioned, obviously. But still, this idea of the, of the carrot, we can understand the tomfoolery of, of the Allies wanting to you know, diminish the Germans as much as they could using a vegetable toxin to do so, right? And Bugs Bunny also served a role in World, in World War II propaganda cartoons the connection between his tagline, what's up, doc, and the UK's Dr. Carrot is probably just a coincidence. Maybe it's a coincidence, more likely, right? So they've been using animated cartoons. They've been utilizing cartoons for propaganda. That's, that's they've been doing that for, gosh, for years, right? The easiest way to condition people is to condition them or condition them when they're youngsters using things like cartoons. And speaking of cartoons and eating the rainbow and all of that, you, of course, I'm sure many of you have heard that slogan, eat the rainbow before, right? Maybe you think about shittles or skittles when you think about the context of uh, that. But there's actually a bit more to it. And the show Semite Street, some of you might know it as Sesame Street, is actually where the origins of the Eat the Rainbow began all the way back in 2005. So we've only been in this kind of rainbow vegetable promotion thing for you know, about 20, 22 years, let's say 2005 minus five, um, yeah, 18 years or so, right? So here's a little song that they promoted on Semite Street. And this is not from 2005. I, I couldn't find that exact part on the show. But here's a PSA, I think from about 10 years ago, where they're promoting the rainbow colored vegetable snare. And here's a little little 30 second video. Semite Street is, is pure propaganda. Um, it probably was in the 80s when I was watching it too, but it's like hardcore now. And I guess it was 10 years ago as well. So here's this little eat the rainbow on, um, on Semite Street. Oh, sorry about that. Something's not happening with the volume. Do you know how families can make healthy choices? How? By eating a rainbow. You can eat a rainbow? You can eat a rainbow of colorful fruits and veggies just like these. Oh boy! Eating a rainbow of colorful fruits and veggies can keep you healthy and strong. Mmm, that's good rainbow! To learn more about eating your colors, visit sesamestreet.org slash food. Well, Semite Street is uh, is more, more of an apropos name, so... Yeah, Eat the Rainbow. Let's talk a little bit about this Eat the Rainbow. Actually, it's 2003, not 2005. So we're 20 years into this Eat the Rainbow thing and how this, this all, all works. But yeah, it's a humongous lie. And you might say, well, wait, I thought, I thought eating all that brightly colored stuff was a, was a good idea. And notice that every time you go to the store, even the regular stores now, it used to just be places like Whole Foods or like the organic markets or the farm markets. But now you even go to like, shop and stop or whatever you have around you, the regular grocer, and their, all their food is loaded with that as well. So here's a little bit about it. Uh, let's see. So the history of Eat the Rainbow. 
Uh, it started back in 1980 originally, and then it, I guess the PSA was back in um, 2003 from like a mainstream perspective. But there was a book written called the Rainbow Diet Book, written by uh, Enoive back in, gosh, I'm shocked. Um, in 1980, January of 1980, there was something called the Rainbow Diet Book. And of course, you know, the 80s were a time when the vegetarian psyop was still new. That kind of all began in the late 60s with, you know, Diet for a Small Planet with Francis Morlape. And then we had kind of like the hippie movement. And then we had kind of like the Indian vegetarianism and the macrobiotics. And then by the 80s, it was, it was still blossoming, but it really didn't become this big force of the whole plant-based movement, probably last 15 years or something like that. But it's been slowly simmering, if you will. There was another book written, I think, in 2001 called What Color Is Your Diet? Don't Settle for a Diet That's Mainly Beige or White, right? When, in fact, consumption of white or white and cream-colored flesh, fruits, and vegetables has been linked to lower rates of stroke and other dis-ease. And we're always to told, fill up your plate with all the colors, eat the rainbow, eat 10 servings of all of this a day. What? Who has the stomach capacity? Like personally, I'm not an ape. I don't have the digestive tract to stuff down all of that colorful fibrous stuff in my body. I mean, who does, right? Speaking of that, I'm wondering if this PSYOP is directed more towards our people because we're typically the ones that will spend more for the whole foods foods, spend more for the farm foods. And I'm also wondering if our genetics um, play a role in possibly us becoming more toxic, especially us who lived more in the Northern areas. We probably had less access to these fruits and vegetables, whether they were colorful or not, just in general, because we had more of an animal-based diet. Of course, we could be getting the retinol from the animal-based diet as, as well. But I also think about this. I think about things like eggs and dairy have been part of the diet for a really long time. The idea of eating these really colorful foods is really more of a a modern day advent. And I think about what I know in regards to the Negro race and oxalates, a lot of chat these days and all these um, ancestral dietary circles about oxalic acid, phytic acid. Notice they're always talking about all these anti-nutrients, lectins. They're talking about all this bullshit, right? Word salad, xyle sludge, diversion, diversion, diversion. Never talking about, quote, vitamin A, right? They want you caught up splitting hairs thinking about phytic acid. And all the idea of soaking and sprouting things to release phytic acid actually makes the vitamin A more apparent. So hmm, see how that works. But I know on a show a while ago when I talked about odontology, racial odontology, I was talking about the between the races and their teeth and how they have very different teeth and how the Negro race has a blunt molar for you know grinding fibrous foods and how their gut actually has more of a mechanism for processing oxalic acid. I'm wondering if these high vitamin A foods affect the white race in a more intense way than they do other races. I'm not saying they don't affect other, other people of other races. I, of course they do because it's a toxin. It would affect animals too. Animals can have problems with this too. There's been studies and talks of animals um, becoming very ill or, or dying from this. So it's not just you know one race or one species or anything like that. But I'm really wondering if it's something that affects whites more. Wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't that be uh, not surprising? There's also a book that came out in 2003 called There's a Rainbow on My Plate. 
Um, it was like a book that was catered to youngsters. And of course, um, Semite Street is promoting it. A lot of books promote this to kids. I've seen this a lot. I've, I saw this years ago, eating with um, Eat Right with Color, um, with Fruits and Vegetables, More Matter. That's an article from WebMD. More color on your diet is better. And this is all um, a fraud and a hoax. And I also think this whole rainbow programming, of course, you know, we know the basis of the rainbow. We were talking about this in the broadcast last time with the Tabi Yuga. We were talking about the chakras and we were talking about the LGBTP and the usurping of the Bifrost Bridge. I think that this eat the rainbow propaganda is LGBTP programming because we always want to be told that the rainbow is better. Colorful is better. Being a, quote, person of color has got to be better, right? Being part of the LGBTP, it, it's colorful. It's got unicorns and rainbows and cotton candy. It's got to be better than just being bland. You know, being white is so bland. You know, eating potatoes is so bland. So there's a lot of anti-white rhetoric built into this eat the rainbow thing. And I also think it's early LGBTP propaganda as well, because oftentimes when you see those pictures of eating the rainbow, it's all the colors of the LGBTP flag. And we know darn well if they use that rainbow symbol to appetize children to do stuff that's deleterious to their character. So I think there's an anti-white agenda like built into this. And I also think about how often are white cuisines or white people criticize for, oh, you like bland food, you know, or you can't take spices, you know, or we're always told that Irish and um, British food is so bland. Who would ever want to eat like that, right? I think that's some of the tastiest food in the world, to be quite honest. I like plain food like that. Then again, I grew up eating more bland food because I was raised macrobiotic. We didn't use a lot of spices. We didn't eat nightshades. So a lot of this vitamin A stuff, actually, I'm looking back at the way I ate when I was a youngster and I was like, oh, wow, I'm like a lot of my favorite foods from youth were actually low vitamin A foods. Just naturally, I attracted them. Of course, growing up, I didn't get enough meat. That was the main problem in my in my diet. I wasn't really getting any protein at all. So that was that was, you know, a different a different issue. And of course, we want to be eating protein, but we're always told like, oh, that's so bland, you know, like, why would you want to eat those bland foods? Like, it's a bad thing to eat bland foods. No, it's not. You know how many spices are brimming with vitamin A or brimming with other stuff? Like spices are kind of like herbs. We want to be really careful with them because we don't really know like if we eat too much, like what's going to happen. Like I'm sure everyone listening has probably eaten a spicy meal at some point that was very heavily spiced or very spicy and they really felt it in their gut the next day, right? There's a reason. I mean, it's 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 true. Plants do have toxins in them because they have no feet or teeth. How are they going to defend themselves, right? They need to have toxins in them. So it, it all makes sense. So yeah, this eat the rainbow thing is a total fraud. All existed in the mainstream for about 20 years. Uh, it keeps on being promoted more and more via the plant-based diet and I think via the LGBTP as, as well. And... Uh, the white fruits and also green fruits and vegetables. So we're talking about white, we're talking about the actual color white, uh, pale green, things like that. These vegetables and fruits are actually associated with a lower risk of dis-ease, exactly the opposite. Gosh, what a surprise of what Big Z always tells us. So the main colors of carotenoids uh, in quote, vitamin A, fruits and vegetables are yellow, orange, and red. So those are the main ones, green to an extent as well. 
The white or cream colored parts of fruits and vegetables contain almost no carotenoids, no quote, vitamin A. So that's very interesting, right? Now they're always telling us these things are like so antioxidant rich. And yeah, that's true too, but we really, that's a con too, the whole antioxidant uh, thing. Remember anything, anytime I tell us something is good for us or bad for us, we really have to wonder why. And remember in nature that nature will mark a poison or a toxin with a bright color. Think about those frogs. Maybe you've seen one. They come from tropical parts of the world. The frog could be like the size of your thumb. It's like this little poisonous thing. And it's like hot yellow or bright green because it's poisonous, right? So poisonous colors like yellow, orange, and red are obvious colors, almost like danger. You're like the color of danger, right? Very, very interesting how this how this all works. Um, yeah, what else can we say about this? So the red spectrum would be pink and light red. The orange spectrum would be red and yellow. Purple would be red and blue. So there's there's a lot here. It doesn't mean that you could never um, eat any of these because there are ones that are lower in this. Like, for example, some of the berries out there, like cranberries and raspberries and they don't get their colors from carotenoids. They get their colors from something else. But then again, too many of those, you know, they're high in oxalic acid and they have lots of seeds. That's why our ancestors would always do stuff where they would process them, like, you know, make raspberry jam and, and strain the seeds and things, things of that nature. Even things like uh, chlorophyll, taking chlorophyll pills, taking spirulina, um, any type of algae, seaweed in general is high in, in beta carotene or what they call the plant vitamin A, right? So we're always told that, oh gosh, you know, eating all these white foods is, you know, why would you want to eat that? Why would you want to just eat a potato? You know, why would you want to eat parsnips or white cauliflower, white sweet potato? These are all white carrots. Like these are all good food. Zucchini, if you peel zucchini or you peel summer squash, that too would, would count as, as one of these white fruits or vegetables. So we've been lied to again on a massive scale. And if you are eating more of these white fruits and vegetables, since they're going to be lower in the carotenoids, and carotenoids are associated with um, abdominal fat gain and obesity, you can have less belly fat and better cholesterol by eating all these, you know, bland and boring white vegetables. Notice how we're always told in society that the color white is associated with being boring, bland, vanilla. It's a hoax. It's a definite hoax. And then we think about in Kundalini, all the colors of the rainbow combine to make white light, right? So this is like a psyop to get us away from white light, from white power, right? From, from white energy. And it's working too. I mean, gosh, I fell for it. I think of all the iterations I've gone through and I guess the last 20 years, but most notably probably in the last 10, like 20 years ago, I think I first got into juicing and I remember I was juicing like all different types of crazy stuff. At one point I juiced garlic. Oh gosh, that was awful. I remember at one point juicing so much ginger that it really messed up my cycle. And I had this like very light pink blood. Of course, you know, ginger is, is okay, but you don't want to take massive quantities of it. And the reason that ginger relieves something like nausea because it has like strong strong effect. It doesn't mean it gets to the root cause of something like nausea, which could of course be vitamin A toxicity, but a lot of these strong plants will have deleterious effects. So just something to keep in mind. But I think about myself and all the stuff that I've done over the last, like I said, 10 years. I mean, 
I had a juicing phase at one point, even in more recent um, history. I've consumed a lot of these vegetables just in, in general because I thought they were really good for me. Um, what else have I done? I did the, the organ meats. Um, in the past, I took cod liver oil. I did green superfood powders. Um, I did the repeat thing with the carrot salad. I mean, so many different things, right? And I was thinking like, all of these things are gonna help me in some way. And then I jumped to the next one thinking this one's gonna help me. And then I finally got to the bottom. I'm thinking like, why am I doing all this healthy stuff? And I'm like, I'm not really getting the results that I want. And of course, you know, through all these iterations, I did gain perspective for things like adequate consumption of protein, which cannot be understated. And that was a good thing because that helps with a lot of, a lot of bodily functions, really important to get enough protein. Of course, I'm talking about animal protein now, but it didn't get to the root and the root is vitamin A toxicity. Let's take a uh, gander at the chat right now. I haven't even looked at the chat the whole the whole time. I've just been, all this information is just kind of wildly strewn across my desk. So let's take a gander right here. Okay, we've got some humans in the, um, one human is saying the carnivore diet helped me a bit. Yeah, sometimes you'll get help from the carnivore diet, especially in, um, in the beginning because you cut out so many foods that are inflammatory, right? You cut out a lot of foods, like people will cut out a lot of grains and a lot of junk food, and maybe they'll cut out alcohol and maybe they'll cut out, you know, very fibrous things like salads. I'm, I'm not a big fan of salads. I didn't grow up eating salads. Maybe I eat a salad like uh, once a month or something. It's just not really something that I eat. So oftentimes we can get better feelings from eating this way, but it's a temporary fix. It's kind of like when someone takes a drug for a headache they feel better, but does it get to the root cause of why they're having the headache in the first place? It doesn't, unfortunately. And uh, XO is saying, only our circle questions things like this. I think the vitamin theory is similar to the blood type theory, that in, the, that in, the, that in that it's 97% truth, but there's something more to it. Yeah, there's definitely um, a lot to be said for that. And the blood type, I think the blood type has some merit to an extent, but it's really just for people who are RH positive, which is 85% of the population. It's not for RH negative um, people. So that's, that's that. that. People like that typically need a more specified diet. It's also interesting that people who are RH negative are usually implicated in being more susceptible to what they call autoimmune disease. That's just when the body's been poisoned. It doesn't mean that your body's attacking itself. It means that your body's been poisoned. And vitamin A toxicity is actually one of the things that is implicated in autoimmune disease, talking about things like celiac, Hashimoto, lupus, MS, etc. And this is a live program, uh, for the fellow who's asking, this is a live program and it goes into an archive after it is recorded. So yeah. Epiphany is saying, I love bland foods. Potatoes are my favorite. Yeah, I do too. And like, I'm fine with just salt and butter on my food. Maybe that sounds increase, incredibly like just bored and bland, but I like that. Then you think about these YouTube channels, these like vegan sludge channels where they're doing some vegan challenge and they're putting 20 ingredients into something like who has the time to add all of that to their, their diet at once? I mean, that's just simple food is how our ancestors ate. They weren't adding 20 or 30 foods to, to, to the pot and cooking. That's just ridiculous. 
So let's take a little bit of a break right here. I realize I've been talking for about an hour. So let's take a little bit of a break. And then we're gonna talk more about this whole vitamin A toxicity theory. We're gonna talk about nightshades. And then we're gonna talk about what we can do to kind of um, alleviate ourselves of so many of these foods which are just taxing us. Okay, so I am Tabitha. You're listening to the Ancestral Khan of White Wellness Radio. We'll be right back after this song. Oh, gosh. There's a commercial coming. Sorry, I don't pay for the YouTube Red, and I'm having, still having a problem with my speaker. Conversions increase 28% when PayPal is offered. Okay. Yeah. 
says, White Wellness Radio, The Ancestral Con. I'm your host, Tabitha. That was The Electric Prunes with Kirili Ellison, 1968. That was from the Easy Rider soundtrack. Kind of an obscure song, but I liked it. It's kind of one of those days for groovy, moody music like that. So we are back. We're talking about the con of ancestral and traditional eating. We're talking about vitamin A toxicity. We're talking about rainbow propaganda. We're talking about World War II carrot propaganda. We're going through all the popular diets, everything from keto to vegan to carnivore. We're talking about the benefits of white foods. So now I want to talk a little bit about um, nightshades in particular. Not so much the potato, because the potato is a bit different because it grows underground, but the other three main nightshades, that would be peppers, that would include everything from a bell pepper to a poblano to a jalapeno to a habanero. It would include tomatoes and it would include eggplant, right? And those are actually really modern plants. When you think about it, there are things that really only became popular last couple of centuries. I think actually the potato only really took hold here in the States. I actually have some facts from an interesting book about this. They're all pretty, pretty um, modern. When they first came to certain parts of the world, they actually had a little trepidation in regards to using them. I know when the tomato, for example, came to Italy, it was only used as an ornamental plant because it was in the nightshade family and things like belladonna are in the nightshade family and belladonna is a, is a poison. So interestingly enough, growing up, I didn't really eat nightshades. Like I think I had said earlier in the, in the broadcast, I, well, I ate them kind of seasonally, if you will. My dad was a prolific tomato um, gardener. So we always had like beautiful, juicy, big tomatoes in the summer, but that was only for a couple of, of you know, months of the year, of course. And then we would sometimes have things like mashed potatoes, but it was not regular food for me. Really never ate peppers or eggplant growing up. Really didn't want to. I don't really like either of those two foods. And when it comes to tomatoes, I really only like farm tomatoes or like farm fresh tomatoes. I don't really like tomato-based things at all. So this interesting book that I've had for, gosh, quite some time. I believe I got this book when I was actually in nutrition school, probably about 20 years ago, it was part of the curriculum. It's called Energetics of Food, Encounters with Your Most Intimate Relationship by Steve Gogne, and that's G-A-G-N-E. This fellow actually came to the school that I was going to, um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, that's that's where I went. Plus I'm, I'm mostly self-studied, but uh, he came to the school and talked to us about this. And it's kind of written from a macrobiotic perspective, which is very biased towards nightshades. But it's interesting to note that three of the four major nightshades, the pepper, the eggplant, and the tomato, all have something in common. They're very high in vitamin A. The potato is not, hence it's white color. The sweet potato is. White sweet potatoes are not. Um, things like yuca and cassava are not. Um, purple sweet potatoes are like medium, I believe. But nightshades are an interesting thing. They're very big here in American culture. Ketchup, for example. Think about the idea of like, I always remember like going to a party or something when I was younger and I would be like, I would, I would say something like I can only eat fish or I don't, you know, I don't eat meat. And the default sandwich they always give to you is roasted peppers, grilled eggplant, tomato with like cheese on bread. And I'm thinking like, this is not... This is not how I ate growing up vegetarian style. This is like a high A sandwich. So I would always think like, this is what you're giving us. It's just, 
But nevertheless, they're so prevalent in this society. They're also prevalent in uh, South America, uses a lot of um, nightshades, a lot of high vitamin A plant foods. It's said that the Alzheimer's rate that they have in Mexico is possibly tied to this toxin, vitamin A. A lot of Eastern Europe is really romanced by nightshades. Think of countries like Ukraine. Sometimes a recipe will include peppers, tomatoes, and um, potatoes. Same thing with Hungary. And sometimes those countries actually experience higher levels of hypothyroidism. And we're always told that hypothyroidism is tied to goitrogenic vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, cucumber, cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, etc. especially if they're eaten raw. But maybe it's the beta carotene or the vitamin A in those vegetables that's causing the hypothyroidism, just like it would be in the case of the nightshade vegetables. So they're considered deadly nightshades, or at least from this perspective. And I really think that if you want to maximize your health, you may want to try going light on these or going a couple of weeks without them and seeing how you feel, or maybe just doing potatoes and cutting out the ones that are high in A. So right now in my diet, the way I'm eating, it's winter here in the Northeast. So I'm eating wintry style things. I'm doing things like oatmeal in the morning. I'm still doing a little bit of eggs, even though those have vitamin A in them. Uh, so I usually have my oatmeal. Then I'll have like silver tea, which is just hot water, which I add collagen to. That's like the first thing I have when I wake up. I have an apple that's peeled. I have the oatmeal. I have an egg or two. Sometimes I, some days I do, some days I don't. And then I have chicken sausage. And that's a good low A meal for a person of European heritage is living in the north where it's cold right now. So no nightshades low vitamin A, right? Then for snacks, I'll do other types of stuff. Like um, I do do bananas sometimes because it is tropical, but bananas are affordable. And I only like the, what they call the ninos, which are the tiny ones. I won't eat the gross Michael. That's the name of the major banana you see in the store. It's called the gross Michael banana. I don't eat that one because I don't like the flavor, but I only like the flavor of tropical bananas. That's something else you can eat that's low A. Uh, but you could definitely go through the whole day without eating tomato potato, no, tomato, eggplant, and peppers, and maybe eat potatoes like once or twice a week and see how that works for yourself. So these plants grow at night, which is something that's very different from other things, like other plants grow during the day. And what else can we say about um, nightshades? I don't want to spend too much time reading this because this in itself could be a show just talking about nightshades or the energetics of food. So interesting, you talk about food from a nutritional perspective, you can talk about it from how it's gonna feed your body and you know what it has in it, which is more of a kind of Western perspective, or you can kind of get into like the energetics, which is more Eastern, which is essentially Aryan. So what I want, I want to just talk about a little bit about when people eat too many nightshades, because I think that's a problem, that people are just eating too many of these. And I always thought they were bad because they were nightshades and they grew at night and they were tropical and whatever, but I think it's really because of the vitamin A. So here is a bit about them. It goes on to say, while harmless in small quantities, any of the common nightshades can, and we're talking about potato, tomato, pepper, eggplant, when eaten in excess contribute to physical and mental weakness. They are weak and fragile plants, each without a central core, premature aging, if you should meet someone who appears more wrinkled and older than they really are, more than likely, they are eating these foods as a regular part of their diet. 
And I think that's true because vitamin A actually, <laughs> another type of hoax, the whole thing with the Retin-A takes a layer of your skin off. But overall, the more you poison your tissues with this, the more aged you look. So I was under the impression until recently that what the metabolic or the rate peak community calls lipofuscin or lipofuscin, basically hyperpigmentation, what they used to call age spots or liver spots or sugar spots, whatever, that camp tells us, oh, it's PUFA. But it's not necessarily all PUFA. And I'm not promoting PUFA. No one should really be out there eating seed oils. I mean, if you're going to go out to eat every now and again, like do what you want. It's your, your life is your own choice. But it's, it's, it's the vitamin A. It's the retinol. That's what it is. That's what causes those spots. So I was wondering with myself, since I was doing that peat thing for like probably like two and a half years, I think I did the peat thing from like August of 20 to just recently. So like maybe two and a quarter years. In the beginning, I was, I was rather diligent with it in my, in my own way. But I have a few spots on my hands from years ago when I made this foolish decision to get laser hair removal. I don't know why I did it, but I have like not really even someone who has a lot of hair in general. So I got that done because um, I sometimes would just like put nair on my arms when I was younger, which is a horror. I can't even believe I would do something like that. Now I would just, wow, just crazy to even think about that. But anyway, the laser also touched my hands while I was getting the treatment done on my arms. So it made my hands photosensitive. So I had a couple of spots on my hands. So then I started not eating any of the poofas through the whole peating thing. And then through all of that, since I was eating all this vitamin A rich food, including some of these nightshades, the spots got more so. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? So the peat regime promotes not really eggplant because eggplant's got a lot of seeds, but they promote fruit vegetables. And these are all fruit vegetables, not including the potato. The potato is actually a tuber. The pepper is a fruit. The eggplant is a fruit. The tomato is a fruit. So that regime promoted a lot of carotenoid rich vegetables if you were going to eat vegetables and also you know the liver and the things like that. But these things, when you eat them in excess, they will make somebody look older. There are a lot of people who are doing these low vitamin A diets and have been doing them for quite some time, you know, talking like years now at this point. And they're noticing that the clock is naturally turning back because they're getting a poison out of their body. So wouldn't it make sense that a poison would be aging people? Absolutely. Wouldn't that be Big Z's goal to call it a vitamin while it was aging and poisoning people? Keep in mind that this quote, vitamin A is implicated in low testosterone. We have an epidemic of that these days, especially among our men. It's also implicated in infertility. We have a lot of that going on, especially with our women. Gee, I wonder, maybe all those ancestral foods we've been eating have actually been poisoning us. Sounds like a dog would definitely do. And there's many ways to get this into your body. It's not just the nightshades like we were talking about. That's one. But apart from the premature aging, it'll also give you like a dirty grayish complexion accompanied by sagging skin. It'll give you a physical and emotional coldness. Poor circulation resulting from stiff and rigid joints and muscles. People oftentimes say that a cure or one of the cures or one of the things to do to, to ail the self of um, or get rid of the ailment of rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease, right, or classified as one, is to get nightshades out of the body. So vitamin A is implicated in things like rheumatoid arthritis or autoimmune disease. So when we get the poisons out, we feel good. 
And especially for us with older blood types, we're really not supposed to be eating these like new style foods like this, especially for us. But for all of us as a whole, it's not really, it's not really good. Uh, people also have a preference for engaging in late night activities if they eat a lot of nightshades because they grow at night. That's kind of like basic macrobiotic thinking, that, that line of thinking. It can cause insomnia. And they also can cause a strong desire for a lot of animal foods. And from the macrobiotic perspective, animal foods are very young, especially beef or you know ruminant meat and eggs. And then the most yin would be things like white sugar, nightshades, tropical fruit, etc. So maybe you don't want to eat too many nightshades, right? And to end this little nightshade bit, on a mechanical level, the person who's craving all the meat and things like that uh, actually says a person who has a strong desire for flesh and blood. And this book is coming from a vegetarian perspective, so I'm not, I guess it's meaning, okay. So the person gets a strong desire for flesh and blood, a strong desire for meat, means the person has a tendency to crave animal products, especially dairy and red meat, which is not necessarily bad, but in macrobiotics, they might say it is. It means a person feels the need for more attention, support, and strength from others. So that's what people who eat a lot of nightshades end up manifesting emotionally. Psychologically, these needs often manifest as emotional vampirism. Well, wouldn't it be nice to cure the world of emotional vampirism? That's a big problem these days. Maybe vitamin A is contributing to emotional vampirism. Would make sense. So a little bit about nightshades right there from the interesting book, The Energetics of Food Encounters with Your Most Intimate Relationship by Steve Gogney. Let's take a gander at the chat. Someone is saying, I am from Asia. There's no um, let me in. Anyone's allowed to be here and be a listener. That's it. There's, there's no let me in. I'm not sure what that means. Tiffany is saying, I like fresh tomatoes sprinkled with salt. Yeah, I think that's the best way to have them. If, if you do have them, it's just in their fresh form like that. Maybe a little bit of, of oil on top too. It's just really nice. All right, so that was a little bit about nightshades. Moving on with some more discussion on this interesting topic. Wait, so we talked about the vitamin A and the vaccines and the microplastics, et cetera. We talked about that. So there's a lot of people out there who are promoting the idea that vitamin A has benefits, but it looks like a lot of these people who are promoting it are kind of hitting, hitting a wall themselves, like that liver king guy. There was just a big scandal with that fellow that he was doing um, steroids and he wasn't, he wasn't natural and that was a big thing. And then um, another guy, the guy who goes by carnivore MD, Paul Saladino, he's looking very weird these days. I think he has vitamin A toxicity looking very unusual in the eyes. He has that sampaku, they call it macrobiotics, which means three whites where you can see like the, the other white of the eye. I think he almost has like the Charles Manson thing going on. Like he looks really just um, deranged. And that's the thing. So let's get into, I've talked all this stuff about the dietary snares, what they're doing, how it's all leading together, how this really isn't a vitamin. You're probably asking yourself, what should I eat? And how do I know if I have this? So what are some signs of vitamin A toxicity? And remember, you can get this from a variety of things. It could be from cod liver oil. It could be from organs. It could be from Accutane or Roaccutane. It could be from multivitamins. It could be from just vitamin A supplements as it, its own. It could be from vaccination. Uh, it could be from, you know, eating too many of those vegetables going through like a juicing phase or something like that. So it could be from, from stuff. That's how it would essentially 
happen from many of those things or a combination together. And it happens over time. I want to emphasize that. This isn't something like that just crops up. Like let's say you just start doing a different way of eating and then maybe you feel good for a couple of months and then you start to feel really bad. This takes time to build. It's like well poisoning. So long-term chronic vitamin A toxicity, what are some symptoms? Blurry vision or other vision changes, swelling of the bones, bone pain, poor appetite, dizziness, nausea and vomiting, sensitivity to sunlight, dry, rough skin, itchy or peeling skin, cracked fingernails, skin cracks at the corners of your mouth, mouth ulcers, Yellowed skin or jaundice. I actually was born with jaundice, believe it or not. Uh, it's pretty common these days. It's not healthy. About 60% of youngsters nowadays are born with jaundice. It's a sign that the mom's liver was not in tip-top shape. So the baby gets jaundice. Hair loss, respiratory infection, confusion, and headaches. I wonder how much vitamin A they put in the OEAI vaccination, right? Probably a massive dose. Maybe the whole thing with the graphene and the mRNA was just like absolutely just like a diversion, like a total Nantucket sleigh ride. And all it was was like a massive dose of vitamin A. <laughs> that would be, wouldn't it be, right? Or a massive dose of iron and vitamin A or something. Well, that's all they have to do. They could just use whatever they tell us for quote vitamins and to make it into a poison. That's it. Done. They don't have to like spend all this time making mRNA. I mean, come on. If you want your DNA altered, you can go down to Burger King and get, get dinner. You know, you don't have to get a vaccine for that. So, so a lot of symptoms of a lot of things, right? And this also, I should mention, uh, in this country, at least in America, they fortify most of the dairy in the store and a lot of grains are fortified with vitamin A. In other countries, Austria, they don't do it. Australia, they don't do it. Um, I think other European countries don't do it, but here in the States, they do that. So always make sure you look at the label of something. And also keep in mind that we were talking earlier about grass-fed being really high in A and how the Weston A. Price Foundation always touts, like you want this really, you know, yellow, yellow butter, meaning the cows are grazing on pasture. A cow's normal diet isn't just grass. We've been lied to about that. A cow eats some grass, sure, especially during the spring season, it's a grazing animal. It's a ruminant. It also eats legumes, which tend to be pretty low in vitamin A. It eats alfalfa. It eats clover. It eats hay. It eats fruit. So we think that a cow is just supposed to be fed grass-fed. I think we've been sold this kind of left-right paradigm again with the whole grain, corn-fed, cafo meat, and then the grass-fed meat when neither are optimal. We don't want a cow just eating grass because it's its milk is going to be super high in vitamin A. And we don't want uh, an animal that's just going to be fed like zio sludge, like corn, you know, that's loaded with glyphosate. That also is, you know, vitamin A because of the beta carotene and the yellow corn and the glyphosate. It's an absolute nightmare. So we really want to find that radical centrism, that, that middle of the road. We're always trying to get ourselves away from that, that zoggy zog tennis match, right? So the actual diet of a, of a, cow is not just grass, as we can see. It's eating beans, it's eating herbs, it's eating fruit. So maybe if the cows were eating that, we wouldn't have this problem. Something to think about. But they're always pushing this grass-fed stuff. And notice how the Weston A. Price Foundation is so, their whole thing is like fat-soluble vitamins, you know, A, D, E, and K. And they're always pushing that, like pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. 
Vitamin D is something that our body gets in the sun. We don't take that. It's, it's more like a hormone than a, than a vitamin. Again, calling it a vitamin is not necessarily true. And then things like vitamin E, we can just get in food. We don't need to ever take a supplement of that. And that was touted by uh, the whole peat and bioenergetic camp, the whole pro-metabolic community to take massive vitamin E supplements, which can actually cause fertility problems. There are a lot of like people on Instagram these days who are saying, eat all this vitamin A rich food and take these vitamin E supplements for fertility. So there is a depopulation agenda going on from all angles. It's not just from the mainstream lamestream. It's not just from the alternative alternative. It's from the other alternative alternative too. So it's happening on all these multiple levels, right? And also think about that. We didn't have access to eating all of this rich food all the time. Like when we had it, we had it and it was good, right? But we weren't eating so much of this food all the time. We just weren't able to have that. And I know we live in a world that's really stressful and it's hard to kind of, you know, feel like we need like a buffer sometimes with extra, extra food or nutrition, but we certainly weren't eating all these massive quantities of what they're telling us to eat, right? And that's why we have these problems with this toxicity. Like where in nature we have ever had the opportunity to make carrot juice, to eat a pound of liver a week, right? To eat 12 egg yolks in a day. Like this is not sustainable. We see these morphing kind of, it's giving almost like a Jewish bodybuilding feel to the whole ancestral movement. Like it's on steroids. Like what, which one of our ancestors ate a dozen eggs in a day, right? And then we have to see these Tom fools on Instagram, like eating a shake like that. That's going to cause a lot of testosterone issues. Remember this, this A, this vitamin A quote or parentheses, triple parentheses, is a toxin that's in food. There are many toxins in foods, but typically we eat a little bit of everything and we're able to do okay with it. But in the context of this modern world that promotes like a pornographic ideal of what diet should be, like juicing carrots or eating a whole liver or eating a dozen eggs, it's very pornographic. It's not ancestral at all. It gets people into these steads where they end up getting poisoned by the well, right? And we also have these diets that go out of their way to poison the well. And this affects our, our fuzzy friends too. Notice how they put all this liver in cat food. I don't know about dog food too much, but it is so hard to find a cat food without liver unless you feed your cats raw. And now they're putting carrots, they're putting spinach, pumpkin, cantaloupe in cat food. What cat eats that? A cat is an obligate carnivore. So just like they, they do the whole thing with like the shitty like um, cat chow or the cat food, the dry cat food, basically just like cereal for cats. It's, it's zog chow or zog slop. They are doing the same thing with animals. They are putting these high vitamin A rich foods in the animals to slowly give them problems. So you'll end up taking the animal to the vet or the animal will die early. There's a lot on this and I'm going to put a link to Dr. Garrett Smith, who I mentioned earlier in the broadcast. I'm going to put a link for all of his stuff. I suggest that you listen to what he has to say and check out his YouTube. I can only cover so much here right now. I'm just trying to give you guys a, a generalized idea of what it is and how I understand it and how it can help us. So also we see all these things like in the ancestral community, like we've got to fry in loads of bacon fat. Um, bacon fat is loaded with vitamin A in a cast iron pan loaded with iron. Like why would we want to do that? I mean, it's just gross, right? Crazy stuff. Um, what else did I want to say? 
I talked about the organ shill. Yeah, all the people who are selling the organ pills online, I think those are shills, by the way, like I was mentioning Liver King and the whole ancestral supplement. Notice that every um, type of ancestral supplement you buy, whether it's the trachea, whether it's the brain, whatever, everyone has liver added to it. I wonder why. And the same thing is true with um, the Carnivore MD, Paul Saladino, his line, Heart and Soil. Everyone you buy, whether it's heart or, you know, whatever, brain, blood, everyone has liver in it. Why? I think both those guys are shells and they're probably both on testosterone too. Oh, and something else. If you go low vitamin A, you can increase your testosterone. You can increase your fertility. Uh, you can get a more masculine voice, actually. I'm thinking now, it seems like men have a less masculine voice now than they had many decades ago. And I'm not blaming anyone or making fun of anyone for saying that. It's just an observation that I've made. Could this be from vitamin A poisoning? Maybe men could get more masculine. I mean, this is there's a huge war on our hormones, on our fertility, on our sexuality. Wouldn't it make sense that they would label something as an essential vitamin for pregnancy, for you know functioning, for eyesight that basically was making people very ill? Makes sense, I think so. They, they've done it before, why wouldn't they do it now? And if someone is dealing with mineral deficiencies, they are going to have more issues with vitamin A toxicity. Makes total sense, just like people who were more susceptible to the quote virus because they had low minerals. You're like, this is, and more toxicity in the system, right? So if you have low zinc, that can affect you. If you have low magnesium, that can affect you. If you have low potassium, that can affect you is low K2, vitamin K2. So those are some vitamins that, or supplements that you would wanna possibly look into while you wean yourself off of these foods. And it's so crazy that the repeat metabolic community recommends vitamin A for uh, cholesterol production and thyroid hormone conversion and progesterone when vitamin A suppresses the thyroid, it raises cholesterol, and it ruins proper bile flow. And when your bile flow is backed up, the medical term is cholestasis. It's, it's slow bile flow. That's the root of many of these diseases that are caused by vitamin A toxicity. It's basically a liver that's stagnant, that's fatty, right? Wouldn't it behoove Zog to name something a quote vitamin that was being used in very small doses to poison society? I don't know. It's a wild idea. I'm not really sure. I think so. I think it's definitely possible. So many notes for this uh, broadcast because there's so much here to talk about. Let's just take a gander at the uh, the chat. XO They Live says, I'm not sure what to eat anymore, LOL. Yeah, I was chatting with someone before the show who said the same thing to me. Like, I don't know what to eat anymore. We're going to go over what to eat. Um, so yeah, it's, there are things to eat. And of course, no one needs to get like super hyper about anything, but go slow too. It's said to go slow with something like this because you don't want to just shock yourself off of something. It's like maybe if someone's like quitting a habit, you you slowly wean yourself off. Maybe like someone, let's, let's say someone's drinking six cups of coffee a day. Is cold turkey the right thing? Maybe trimming back is better, right? Trimming back is more conservative. Okay, so what else can we can we mention? I'm not going to talk too much about the science of it and that you can, like I said, check out Dr. Garrett Smith's channel and look there, but know that this 
vitamin A toxicity is just, I'm sure some people are probably more apt to be exposed to it than others based on just what they've tried. Maybe they've been more in the health milieu. Chances are, this is like so unfortunate, but chances are the more you cared about your health and tried to like optimize your diet, probably the more you were exposed to it. I know it's uh and now you think about that person who just like shops at the store and just buys like ground beef and iceberg lettuce and like bananas and white rice and they're thriving. And you never, you always wondered why. <laughs> yeah, they were doing low vitamin A and I had no idea probably. Crazy. It's also interesting that a lot of these like low vitamin A foods are kind of maligned. Like, oh my God, iceberg lettuce. Why would you want to eat that? It's got no nutrition. It's so pale. It has, you know, no antioxidants in it. Let's eat this really dark, bitter stuff instead, even though we like iceberg better. Iceberg's better. Iceberg tastes better and it's better for you. They've hoaxed us on a massive, massive level. So like I was saying before, there's many ways to get sources of vitamin A in your diet. And this could be many forms. It could be in the form of retinol, carotenoids, uh, synthetic retinol pominate or retinoic acid. So fortification of food is a big thing. Low fat milk and dairy products, breakfast cereal, margarine, infant formula, meal replacement shakes, etc. Uh, supplementation, multivitamins, cod liver oil, or carotenoid style supplements like green juicing, green drinks, green powders, etc. Increased consumption of quote healthy foods like kale and spinach, or a healthy alternative to a potato like a sweet potato, all high in carotenoids. Intake of retinoic acid via prescription drug like Accutane or Retin-A, or also Retin-A-based skin peel, lotion, and sunblock. It's in sunblock as well. So any form, in the end, it's, it breaks down to the same thing in the body. And women tend to be more affected by this than men. I would say that's because we're smaller and we have a small liver in general. That's why when women drink, it usually hits us harder, plus we have more estrogen. And who's the one in the household who's more likely to want to buy the healthy foods, to cook the rainbow? It's women, right? So women are more likely to eat all these colorful salads and such. So it's definitely uh, a snare, I think, more for, I think the whole colorful vegetable thing is a snare for white women. And it works, um, it's been working pretty well. So here are some vegetables. I'm going to throw some vegetables out there right now. I'm going to be doing that also in a little while, but here are some just now. Cauliflower, although things that have sulfur in them, like cauliflower, can somewhat inhibit vitamin A detox, but vitamin A, um, but cauliflower is a low vitamin A vegetable. It's white. Bananas, pears, potatoes, mushrooms, right? And think about these things. Aren't these things usually cheaper in the store too? And also something to notice that a lot of the foods that have increased in price since Oyed AI have been high vitamin A foods like carrots and eggs and things like beef and beans have remained the same price. Hmm. Interesting. It's almost like they're making the trendy food more, more uh, expensive. So those are some white vegetables right there that are pretty much available year round and they're rather affordable. So other symptoms are some diseases that are associated with vitamin A toxicity. We talked about symptoms before. Some diseases, um, what they call, quote, autoimmune. They love to blame people for their own disease as opposed to saying, hey, like, guys, we poisoned you. Ha ha. Right. So autoimmune diseases, eczema, diabetes, arthritis, multiple sclerosis, Hashimoto's, celiac, uh, Crohn's, IBD, uh, irritable bowel disease, 
also contribute excess vitamin A or vitamin A toxicity contribute to depression, chronic fatigue, cancer, and obesity. We have more of these and there's more vitamin A rich foods in the diet more than ever. If you even look at a cookbook from the 60s, very different. There's way less. And if you look at a cookbook from even years before that, there's even less, right? So a lot of, a lot of stuff here. So it's actually not a vitamin at all. Vitamin A is not a vitamin at all. It's a toxin that our bodies are equipped to safely store and utilize the substance in appropriate amounts, right? Because the body is wise and the body can take a hit. But when the body exceeds that hit, its storage capacity for the substance, which is primarily stored in the liver, the body has to store it in other organs and tissues because it's fat soluble and carrots and cannot rather and cannot be easily excreted. And that's when it wrecks havocs on one's organs and tissues and slowly destroys your body from the inside out, which we observe in the quote, autoimmune diseases. And there's a man who's well known in um, the low vitamin A community called Grant Jenner. He's a Canadian. He cured, um, he had really, really bad eczema, like head to toe. And he also had a kidney uh, dis-ease. And he was told, I think by his doctor to like prepare to basically die. And he did this low vitamin A regime, which he's still doing. He's doing like a 10 year experiment. He eats like the most minimal version of this diet, which is what they call the cowboy diet. It's just beans, rice, uh, beef, bison, and I think like apples, but he's totally reversed uh, the diseases that he had, the autoimmune diseases that he had. So this is a big, big, big discovery. This is, this is major stuff. Um, some people I've, I've been talking to people about it. Some people have been really, uh, receptive to it, which is awesome. And I think most people who I've turned on to it have been really receptive of it and say, Oh, I really didn't even like those colorful vegetables anyway. I don't, I'm great. I'm glad I don't do broccoli anymore. Right? So we got some questions right here or comments. Uh, I, EXO is saying iceberg has a good amount of silicon apparently. Yeah, it does. And I think it has naturally occurring opiates too. So it's like very like relaxing. EXO says, I don't know. I try to look at traditional healthy people and see what they eat and copy that. Yeah, I think we all try or had tried to do that to an extent, but then that idea of what they're eating always seems to be changing, right? That's the idea. So here are some other ideas of what people eat. Uh, potatoes, organic grains, uh, meat, like red meat, you know, bison, lamb, beef, things like that, uh, venison, elk, chicken, no pork onions, celery, bone broth, gelatin, apples, pears, grapes, bananas, and berries, things like that. Those are all foods. Uh, black, black, um, black beans or beans in general, oatmeal, white and brown rice. Those are also options. You can eat things like pineapple, raisins, uh, brown rice pasta, turkey, white, white flesh fish, things like that. Celerac, if you like that vegetable, I'm not really too crazy about it. Cucumber. So as you can see, it's like the lighter colored vegetables, the lighter colored fruits and vegetables. And like I've said before, all these things are, are really quite new. And maybe if we're a little bit younger, we don't remember what it was like. But I remember a time when the produce section was not necessarily as vibrantly colored as it is now. It's also been said through some of these Weston A. Price Foundation circles that the Weston A. Price Foundation pushes 
this idea that women should take abortifacient herbs. Those are herbs that basically induce an abortion or miscarry, that they should take that between their pregnancies, which is pretty weird. And women have also said who have followed that Weston A. Price Foundation diet that it took they it took them much longer to get their period back after they had a baby than when they were just eating like a sad diet. So that kind of concludes or shows another way that this this quote vitamin is uh, anti-fertility, right? So it's not a vitamin at all. That is the theory. The theory is that it damages fertility and the health of the offspring and it is a depopulation substance. Sprouting grains massively increases the vitamin A content, but sourdough doesn't. Supplemental vitamin D, which is actually used in rat poison, is also a fertility and health damaging toxin. So they've always told us that we're supposed to take those vitamins. Supplemental calcium and excess dietary calcium can calcify the body. So yeah, maybe we want to have a little bit of dairy, and dairy can be high, high in A, but we definitely don't want to be slamming like a gallon of milk. We, even in the spring season when we had the fecundity of, you know, whatever was happening, like the milks and whatever was available, like the green, the vegetables and things like that, given the time of year, we weren't slamming a gallon of milk a day. I can assure you that no one had that opportunity to do that. Uh, also things like Himalayan pink sea salt. I've talked about this before. We want to lay off of that because that can have all different types of minerals or heavy metals. That can have iron. We don't know. So we want to lean off of things like that. So a lot of the foods that are promoted these days are because they're rich in vitamin A. This is a huge profit for the industry because they can just prescribe you all these different, you know, supplements and drugs and herbs that may get rid of your symptoms for a little bit of time, but you'll still have to manage it, you know, quote, dis-ease control, which is what Big Z loves, dis-ease control, as opposed to someone becoming well. So this is, this is a big, big thing. It's even, I've even seen stories where someone has said that they did like a junk food version of a low vitamin A diet. And of course, I, I don't condone the utilization or consumption of junk food, but the person was still able to do that and not feel shitty the way they felt shitty from eating all these high vitamin A foods. It's also been said that some of the deletes or elites from back in the day who had access to too many of these delicacies and rare foods were actually sicker and lived shorter lives than the peasantry. Today, all of these, quote, sacred and delicacy foods are available to everyone in unlimited amounts. Like I just said, where, where's the context for chugging a gallon of orange juice or a gallon of milk or even a quart of milk per day? That, that wouldn't that wouldn't happen that just wouldn't be the way it is it would there wouldn't be enough to go around a classic example of cholestasis which i mentioned before it's a medical term of basically a backup of bile or, or a stagnant liver essentially would be morning sickness that's a classic symptom of that so basically it's toxic bile flow that is the theory that this is what vitamin a toxicity does to the body and it backs up the liver and the liver is the filter. So if the liver is not doing its thing, the rest of the body is going to be sludged out, essentially. Other foods can be like zucchini, peeled zucchini, peeled summer squash. That's really good. I've been enjoying that. Asparagus, I think, is good too, although it makes your, your urine smell gross, and that's kind of a bummer. Artichokes are really good. Another food that's like a lower, a lower vitamin A food if you're thinking about something to add to your diet. 
yeah, it's it's pretty um, easy and satisfying, I have to say, to eat this way. It's not it's not limiting. And like I said, you're never going to be 100% able to get rid of all of the vitamin A in your diet. That's just not the way the way it works. But you can minimize some of these foods because think about it. If they're putting this in the vaccinations, if they're putting it in that golden rice to like feed the third world, they're putting it in these bananas um, that they're like giving to, to children, you know, in Africa, there's, ob there's obviously a reason they're putting this quote vitamin in these things, quote vitamin, and why they are promoting it as this thing for everything from fertility to eyesight. It's a psyop. We were all taken by this psyop, unfortunately. Let's see what else I can uh, share about this topic while we still have a little bit of time left on this broadcast. So we talked about the microparticles, one of Big Z's plan. Basically, that would make it harder to detoxify the vitamin A out of the system, just like with the vaccines and especially with the idea of um, what they're doing with this Oyid vaccine. I think I think maybe it just is a vitamin A shot, like a massive dose. Who, who knows? That's why some people probably like, you know, kick the bucket from it. Oh, first, before I talk about just some more vitamin A facts and, and tidbits of wisdom, I just wanted to mention some ideas for what you could eat. You're saying, because you're probably still thinking like, well, give me some meal ideas. Just don't tell, just don't tell me I can eat these foods. So, okay, you can take parsnips. Parsnips are a vegetable. They're not too big here in the States. They're more big in like the UK. They look like carrots. You can roast parsnips. You can do things like that. You can take things like a rutabaga and make like French flies out of that. That's also like a root vegetable, rutabaga. You can make your own um, French fries at home with like white potatoes. This is actually an idea of recipes that are for kid-friendly vitamin A, but I know a lot of people like this kid-friendly food. I do myself. So you can roast some parsnips, you can roast some rutabaga, you can like make your own French fries, just peel, peel all of this obviously. You can do peeled cucumbers dipped in hummus. Uh, if you properly prepare, your rice and your beans. You always want to have beans that are really, really well cooked. And you always want to have rice that you've like rinsed and, and soaked and cooked because if you eat too much rice, you can get too much arsenic. There is a bit of arsenic in rice and some accounts will say there's actually more in white than there is in brown. That's debatable. Uh, things like a baked or roasted chicken. That could be something, maybe with like a, a, nice, a nice sauce that's low vitamin A. You can roast or steam cauliflower. You can make banana bread. You can eat fresh fruit, blueberry, strawberry, raspberry, grape, banana, pears, apples, cherries, and white peaches. You can do a grass-fed beef meatball or bison meatball. I love to make these little meatballs with really just meat. You don't even have to add anything else to it. They're really, I think meat actually really tastes good plain with not a lot of seasonings and sauces. That's just my preference. So I'll just make them with like salt. Sometimes I'll actually add some gelatin just sprinkled in to the meat, which gives it a juiciness and actually also increases its amino acid profile. That's a great tip. And then what I'll do is I'll take a little piece of mozzarella, mozzarella and I'll put that in the middle of the meatball and pack the meat around it or just push it in, pack the meat around it, you know, salt, gelatin powder, mix the meat together, put the little mozzarella um, bit in the middle and then bake them at like, I don't know, 400 for 20 minutes or something. So that's all some ideas of some low vitamin A food right there. That's easy stuff, right? Exo is saying, Ajanis said that natural vitamins from natural raw foods had a normal, more rounded structure, while processed and artificial vitamins had a jagged structure to them and were less bioavailable. I mean, I think that's probably true in the case of things like 
B vitamins, like let's say the B vitamins in a steak are better for us than just taking a B vitamin supplement. But I also think that there are certain things in foods that aren't necessarily vitamins. And yeah, I'm not a big fan of a lot of those supplements, like especially I don't like complexes. If I was going to take anything in a supplemental form, it would really just be something like a mineral because you just don't trust these, these blends, you know? So that was some little recipe ideas, if that um, meal ideas, if that was helpful, just so you get an idea of things you can eat, things you can make for yourself. So we learned the eat the rainbow thing was a hollow hoax. We learned that white and green vegetables are actually better for us. We learned that these so-called healthy diets are killing people early with, quote, vitamin A toxicity. Uh, things that, you know, the Weston A. Price Foundation promotes is heavy organ meat, way too much dairy, way too much cod liver oil. And it's interesting that Dr. Price, Dr. Weston Price himself, his work was about K2 that he called Activator X. And that was the thing that he found that every group of people that he looked at, that's what they had in their diet that was responsible for their health. Now, the Weston A. Price Foundation and Sally Fallon promote vitamin A, and that's their big thing. So we can see how it's a really a perversion of, of Dr. Price's work. And it's also interesting to say that Dr. Price, in his own writing, wrote that too much cod liver oil, he used the word injurious, it's kind of an old-fashioned word that they spoke back in those days. He used that word in regards to the utilization of cod liver oil. So he knew that vitamin A toxicity was a real thing. And like I said, there's there's were stories of many people involved with the WAPF Foundation who have died early of cancer. If you try to look into some of these links, they've been 404'd or showed. I believe it's the fermented cod liver oil or the cod liver oil with the high A that is uh, causing their issues. Then we have the repeat diet where there's just liver and daily carrot salad and tons of milk, like tons taking extra calcium supplements and then taking vitamin A supplements, oftentimes taking thyroid, drinking coffee. A lot of people in those circles, like there are some people in those circles who do a very more like holistic version, which is what I was attempting to do. And there are people in those circles who are like literal junkies who are just like hopped up on aspirin and methylene blue every single day and Mexican Coke. It's uh, crazy. Um, let's see what else. There's also the vitamin A supplements, of course. That would be one of the big, big things. Then we have the, quote, primal diet, which is the Ogenes von der Planets diet. Uh, too much organ meats or organ meats in general. I'm not eating those anymore based on the high vitamin A, especially the liver and the kidney. Those are the ones that have the most in them. Very high in dairy, very high in egg yolks. Also, you have the juicing, like the um, all the juice and things like that. And oftentimes people will gain a tremendous amount of weight when they do the ogenous approach or when they do the repeat approach, especially women. Women have been known to um, get unbelievably large on the primal diet. And then they have just general people just trying to be healthy, just trying to get by, trying to do what they think is the right thing, you know, eating the yellow and orange fruits and um, doing the whole rainbow game and all of that. And then you have people who were doing the multivitamins or taking carotenoid pills or people who were doing the retinol skin cream, anti-aging cream, sunscreen, people who were eating fortified cereals and low-fat dairy. So as we can see, this snare gets a lot of us, right? 
XO is saying, have you ever seen that video of the kid who ate the broccoli for a week and made it to like day four and got deathly sick? No, I haven't. Um, that could be something with vitamin A. And remember, kids have very small livers compared to us, so they can't necessarily process things the same way that we can process things because we're much more much bigger. So there actually have been accounts of youngsters having toxicity from, from certain things like cod liver oil and liver. So it's, it's not just this random thing that only happens to people who take Accutane or vitamin A supplements. That's what I thought when I first heard about it years ago. I was like, um, I've never taken a vitamin A supplement like that. I've never taken Accutane. And like, this has nothing to do with me. So I kind of just eschewed it. But then I realized, you know, through doing some of these iterations of what I thought was a healthy eating, you end up yourself getting exposed to a lot of these things. And it all ends up the same in the end, whether it's a buildup from too many of the animal foods that are rich, too many of the plant foods that are rich, supplements, fortified foods, skincare product, medication, vaccination. It's all part of the big load contributing to this in general. Yeah, so they really snare everyone from the people who are completely oblivious to not. Also keep in mind that birth control pills increase vitamin A in the body. Something to think about right there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to avoid the birth control pill. So yeah, many issues can happen with vitamin A toxicity. Let's go over just some more over here that I didn't mention prior. Uh, leaky gut intestinal permeability because of the peeling-like factor of the carotenoids hair loss, thyroid issues, and all these diets like the Weston Price diet, especially the repeat diet, the Ogenous diet, they all talk about how they can help your thyroid. They're recommending foods that cause thyroid damage, right? Low vitamin D can be caused by vitamin A toxicity. And then you'll, then, then you'll just go to Dr. Z and Dr. Z will be like, oh yeah, just take vitamin D. And then you'll end up calcifying yourself. Low B12 and folate can be tied to vitamin A toxicity. Fatigue, eczema, skin issues, psoriasis, inflammation, anxiety, depression, iron overload. So I think when the like metabolic community is talking about iron overload and PUFA, they're really just talking about vitamin A toxicity. That's what it seems. That's what it seems like. So they snare people in a variety of ways, whether it's supplements, skincare, medication, diet, superfoods, quote superfoods. I'm really tired of that. That word, quote, superfoods, kind of ridiculous, right? You can also have cranberries too. Cranberries are really good. Um, all different types of grains like oats and rice, you can do those. You can do barley if you can do, um, if you can do wheat you know, or, or gluten and things like that. Alcohol, of course, you want to limit it on that. You want to cool it on the alcohol. That would be true for probably most, most regimes out there. Just shows you how bad broccoli is. Yeah, and it stinks too. Pomegranate's good, Epiphany. Yeah, that one's um, on the list. That's a good a low A fruit. Oh, and something else that's pretty interesting. Most of the food actually mentioned in the Bible is all low A. I think that's pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Good. I love pomegranate. That's actually one of the foods mentioned. I think one of the seven foods mentioned in the Bible. So yeah, we learned a lot today. Oh, palm oil. You're seeing palm oil all the time now. Like, I think they know people don't want to do the poofa thing anymore. So they're like, oh, we'll use palm oil. Palm oil's red. What do you think it's rich in? Vitamin A. Now, if an oil is refined, it's going to have less, of course. Like, let's say something like jojoba oil. It's normally kind of like a goldeny color, like the color of beer. But if it's 
refined, it's going to be more of a white color. Now, they would call vitamin A toxicity in the traditional Chinese context kidney depleted key or depleted kidney key. That would be what it would be called in, in that way. Uh, any health problem, the theory of vitamin A toxicity is that any health problem can be traced back to bile in the blood. Apples are one of the best foods to reduce bile acid. I really am enjoying apples these days. I had one today that's called Cosmic Crisp. Really good. If you can get your hands on a Cosmic Crisp apple, real good stuff. So these high fat diets, like especially the Wesley Price diet and the Ogenous sort of primal diet, they're very high in fat. And when we eat a diet that's high in fat, whether it's cooked, saturated, raw, it causes the toxic bile to dump. It's high in vitamin A and it can damage the gut and cause cholestasis, which is slowed bile flow. So these high fat diets, all, again, when did we have access in the past to all of this fatty food, all of this really, really dense food? We had some fat, certainly, I'm not saying we didn't, but when were we gorging on all of this fat? It, there wasn't a chance. We didn't have that type of, of resource to be able to. Some more ideas of what could be vitamin A coming out of your body or vitamin A toxicity. If you have yellow mucus, that would be from vitamin A. Um, yellow armpit stains. What do you think that is, right? The spots on the hands, you know, or the liver spots, whatever you want to call them. What color is that, right? It's like a cooked brown color. Orange body fat that sometimes you'll see when you're watching a plastic surgery video when someone's getting liposuction. What do you think the orange body fat is from? What do you think the orange fat on chicken breasts is from when you're in the store? It's vitamin A. Yep. It's everywhere. And something like hypothyroidism is thought to be not enough bile. So it's a backup of bile. It's a cholestatic state. Not enough bile gets to the intestines to trigger a bowel movement. And then it goes to the bloodstream and causes symptoms like fatigue. So they tell you in the metabolic community that the, your root cause of your dis-ease is your sluggish metabolism. Maybe your metabolism is sluggish because you're being poisoned by vitamin A. But no, they tell you to eat more vitamin A rich foods and it's good for you. Vitamin A is estrogenic. I wonder why they're promoting these foods to men and women. Would it possibly be because they want men to have low testosterone and women to have period problems? I don't know. Possibly. Definitely possible. What else can we say about this? Uh, vitamin A makes you more sensitive to the sun. We talked about that. I remember back in the day being in the health food store and seeing these pills actually made of carrot extract that people would take so they would actually get that orange color. I think the spray tans that they use for people, like those fake tans, those are made from um, some carotene-rich spray. Disgusting. Uh, people who are sensitive to blue light or EMF, that's also vitamin A toxicity. Uh, turmeric is high in vitamin A. That's something right there to think about. If you have back pressure, that could be liver congestion from having um, a cholestatic liver. Interestingly enough, the vampire legend, the idea of a vampire legend, supposedly comes from a cult of liver eaters in Transylvania. And the myobin, which we think it's blood, but it's actually just meat juice, called myobin dripping from their teeth. We thought that they were vampires. Supposedly this is the, the legend of that. But you know how vampires are told that they can't look in the mirror or we're told the legend that they can't look in the mirror? Supposedly if you can't look in the mirror and don't want to look at yourself, that's a sign that you have vitamin A toxicity. And we also see sometimes in autism, people don't want to look in the mirror and autism is thought to be vitamin A toxicity as well.
quote, anemia is thought to be vitamin A toxicity. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff here. What else can we say about this? Vitamin A destroys the nervous system. I wonder why we see so much information about healing our nervous systems. It destroys our blood sugar balance. Why would they be promoting something that does all these things? I'm, I'm wondering. Let's see what else we could say about this. Um, adrenal fatigue is also uh, vitamin A toxicity. Goji berries, another trendy superfood, super high in vitamin A. Crazy how all this stuff is promoted and um, gosh, it's, um, it's xyle sludge. It's xyle xyle sludge. So just to wrap it up, essentially we want to eat in a way that is low in vitamin A. We want to make sure we're getting enough protein, getting enough carbohydrates, getting enough soluble fiber, getting enough of like, you know, fat, but not like too, too, too much. You want to like not eat that to hell, of course, but you don't want to go super low fat. You want to make sure you're getting proper minerals, of course. Zinc is something that's good. Magnesium. Magnesium cream is amazing. Best way to get into the system. Potassium is great for blood sugar balance. K2 is good as well. Just some ideas right there. You want to make sure you're having a bowel movement. That is super important. If you ever wake up in the middle of the night, that can be thought to be a bile dump. Ulcers are actually thought to be um, toxic bile. Something to consider. There's a nausea, dry eyes, right? PTSD. Yeah. Insulin resistance, diabetes. It's all tied together. Being irritable is um, a sign of having a sick liver. Yep, there is a lot here. Um, you can't be surprised. I think at this point, after the stuff you've probably heard on the broadcast for today, you probably can't be surprised knowing what you know about what happens in the world and what they do. This is just one, one facet of it, essentially, right? This is just one more thing, but we all got had by this because, well, it was hard not to, right? This ancestral psyop was a thinker's psyop. And in reality, we really just want to be eating bland foods, right? Normal foods, none of this superfood, eat the rainbow stuff anymore. So I think I'm going to get cut off now. Uh, thank you for listening to the Ancestral Con. This is White Wellness Radio. I, of course, am your host, Tabitha. I'm wishing you an amazing Tuesday. And uh, thank you for listening. Satnam.